0: Welcome to episode 225 of the Just an Insight podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Birkbeck and I'm your host and guide through said podcast and I'm just going to reiterate what I said last time, it's been bloody lovely to be back, it's been bloody lovely having these little chats and bloody lovely having people react to them as such. Thank you everyone who checked out last week's episode with Mikey uh, from Vino Sangri uh constellation and many other projects um it seems to be a lot of people enjoyed that a lot of people loving hearing the discussion with mikey which is always uh great feedback for us in terms of what we're doing and putting people's stories and stuff out into the world um speaking of world i went and saw fucking cold world this week and oh my god it was fucking phenomenal i've been waiting to see that band for so long and they lived up to expectations and more they played pretty much stuff with all their records they closed with dedicated babies comfy first into roaches and rats and i lost my tiny little fucking brain um so that's been my week that's been my highlight it was fucking phenomenal um as i'm recording this little intro and outro i'm getting ready to go see uh soul blind who just released a new record so go check out soul blind's new record because that is also fucking sick uh and scowl on a fucking boat in bristol um shame they're supporting stick to your guns but hey ho means i get an early night um and then, yeah, when this episode drops, I'm going to be going to see one step closer in magnitude. So, all the fucking straight edge, all the fucking hardcore is a glorious time to be enjoying life in the world of just an insight in the moment. Um, but yeah, enough about me. Let's go on to my guest. And this week, I am joined by vocalist of UK punk band Clobber, uh, Charlie Longman. This was a really cool one, self, because me and Charlie kind of met vicariously when uh, i was taking photos at their show in bristol quite recently i was a fan of the band anyway um but obviously after like taking photos I had like a little sort of online discussion with charlie which led to the discussion about us getting him on the podcast um and yeah it was a really cool story and a really cool like way to find out about how sort of clubber came to be uh how kind of their direction as a band has kind of shifted post the pandemic um and just their attitude to, to being a band and being existing in the, the punk world at the moment, especially here in the UK. So, again, this is like I'm really like I'm feel reinvigorated by doing these chats recently. So please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Charlie, and I'll see you on the other side.
1: How are you, mate? You good.
0: Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Lovely. I um, I, w- I went
1: and had a listen to a few of your episodes and it was about like three in when I realised you went, oh yeah, I'm Tim and I was like, that's the geezer who took our photos.
0: Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one and the same, one and the same. Nice. But yeah, um, thank you for agreeing to do this. Really appreciate it. Um, on, basically, like I've kind of been like, I had a bit of a break from doing this and I'm kind mm. of like trying to refocus it and basically wanting to give it more focus on like uk sort of like punk and hardcore and stuff yeah um that's kind of why i wanted to to get you on because i've you guys are kind of like i don't know like things are like popping off for, for you guys at the moment but we'll kind of get to that later on down the line and stuff well, but well, i, I expect, guess yeah. just like in general like how's how is everything like how's things with the band and stuff going at the moment
1: it's, it's fucking wicked man it's uh yeah, it, it's been a really weird year. Uh, we put out six minutes or less of music and <laughs> yeah. got given like a fucking hundred odd shows off the back of it. Yeah. It was fucking great. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a, a fucking good year. <clears throat>
0: Sorry, yeah, if you well, if you, you hear any
1: scratching, by the way, both my cats are in here just running around. So
0: that's all right. But... You you might hear meowing from mine because they're <laughs> locked out. <laughs> from
1: <my> room, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um yeah we'll get on to like the as uh, I say like the kind of reaction to the EP and stuff in a bit but like how I kind of always like to start the conversations is like to ask people like what their kind of like into sort of like alternative music was so like what kind of got you into it in the first place uh
1: as such like a I don't know that's such like a heavy question I feel like a lot of people probably like edit their are like self like edit their answers yeah, 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 like yeah no I came out my mum's vagina listening to crass you know what I mean it's like, <laughs> but you didn't did you um uh my fat, I don't know uh when I was a kid like I mean like a really little kid uh like I remember just not caring about music like it was just whatever was on the radio was crap and what my mum and dad were listening to I, I just didn't really care for and then my uncle used to uh pick us up and I remember he got uh like my my uncle like has quite a good job ups and downs and all that and uh, one year he was doing really well and he got himself a nice new car and it, it could play CDs which yeah. was like new at the time and uh, I remember the first time I ever paid attention to music was uh, it was Johnny Cash live at San Quentin and it was a boy in, it's a song called a boy named Sue yeah and yeah. there's that line in it uh whereas like uh, for the gravel and the guts and the spit in your eye. And it's like, my name is Sue. How do you do now? You're going to die. And uh, yeah, that, that was like the first time I was like, wow, that's cool. What, what is that? Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then um, in the very same motor, uh, he had uh, The Sweet's greatest hits, the glam rock band, The Sweet. Uh, and they had a song called Teenage Rampage, which is like still to this day, I think is like the pinnacle of fucking rebellious good anthems. Uh but then like even that, that that still wasn't enough for me to be like, oh god, yeah, like you know, I was I was in school. I didn't really all I cared about in school was like comic books and trying not to get picked on, you know. What I mean, I didn't really <laughs> yeah. uh and then I think like the first after that it would be my dad got me into punk music. Uh and he bought me Nevermind the Bollocks. Um and that and that was a big like a big thing, obviously. Like that was a fucking game changer. And then I think after that, I was kind of chasing that high. And when and that was like so it was like that album got me into music. And then whatever came afterwards was just me like going to like get away Wednesday, you little prick. Um, was like going to uh, like going to like Sainsbury's with my mum and buying like just whatever record looked good. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I think like the first. First three records I ever bought was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. By the way, uh, Good Charlotte's uh, "Young" and "The Hopeless" and "Him," Razorblade Romance. Uh, nice. And and out of all three of them, I think "Him" is the only one that still makes it into like regular spins yeah, on my yeah, like. Yeah. Um, but it really was like because there wasn't like internet wasn't a thing then, so it was like if yeah. it weren't coming from like whatever crap I was buying. It was uh, I. am the baby. I, I've got an older brother, and uh, and he was getting into like all the new metal stuff, which I liked. I remember like Slipknot scaring the shit out of me, and me yeah. liking that. Um, but like the, the 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 out of his record collection, the thing that really made me go, "Whoa, that sound okay." That's that's kind of the same feeling I got from the Sex Pistols record was Green Day's Warning album.
0: Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because he's like he's he's not young enough for Dookie to have been, but like it was like warning an American idiot sort of period of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then like and then after that, it's probably Tony Hawk's Underground soundtrack on uh, GameCube because uh, that was like uh, that that just had everything, man. That had Rancid, yeah, yeah. Transplants, Bad Religion, Alkaline Trio hot water music, the distillers, like, and I can, I, I'm not a hip hop guy, but the hip hop I like comes from that. I'm not particularly big on metal, but the metal I like mostly comes from that. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was just kind of always trying to find that, that same. Cause so, I can't remember who it was, but someone once said that discovering punk rock, like scared the shit out of me, but gave me a boner at the same time. <laughs> and, and that's like, I think that was, it was like, you know, uh, my mum and my dad used to watch this documentary called I Heart the 1970s and it was like every week was a new episode of a new year of that and then yeah you know, yeah obviously it got to like 77 and I was like whoa what's that and my dad's like oh yeah they were the Sex Pistols like they were ugly and they couldn't play their record like their instruments but like look at all this cool stuff they did and then you know, and then the moment you, you get hold of the internet or you, you're just old enough to sort of be like, oh, I can go, there are shops where I can go and yeah, buy yeah. Then it's like, you go there and there's that brilliant thing of like, you get it in comic book shops and record shops, the the miserable old bastard behind the counter where you're like, <laughs> hey man, like I want to listen to something that is like this. What can you recommend? And they sort of give you the, oh, well, I could recommend you. And it's like, don't be a dick about it. That's what I'm asking yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so that was sort of that and then there was like LimeWire and illegally downloading shit um and and yeah that was so that was pretty much it really and it was just I I knew it was cool because like it was like no one in school liked liked it so yeah
0: yeah and like obviously you mentioned like obviously your older brother kind of like listening to like the more kind of like new metal-y sort of side of mm. things but was it I guess the kind of like the rawness of punk was that what you were kind of more drawn to like cuz i was very similar like in terms of like i was kind of following in my older brother's shadow like basically everything that he was listening to i was in a similar vein but it kind of sounds like you were kind of like no punk is more, more my lanes
1: yeah it it was it there was some, like don't get me wrong like I, th- I think as well like you know everything's better in hindsight and nostalgia so like now Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park, uh, you know, I've never, you know, I'm not saying that that stuff's ever not been good. It's just, it never, there was something, I think it was just like, uh, you'll find that I do this a lot where I like jump back to other things. There's there's an interview with Bruce Springsteen where he says that like he discovered music when he saw Elvis and was like, "This, this good looking Adonis of a man making this noise. Punk's like, it had the same effect but in the opposite way because like at school I was like you know weird had no mates had like didn't have the right hair didn't have the right clothes or anything like that and then punk was like okay you're ugly and you're weird and no one likes you you're in you know like and (laughs) and all the music is really like angry but not necessarily like heavy and stuff like that like and and like I, I do like heavy music I love heavy music but like I think that was the thing is, like, for me, it's still got to be, like, it, it could, it's it got to be hard and it's got to be fast, but it's got to be know I can hear, like, a thousand older punks screaming as I say this, but, like, it has to be catchy and, like, sing along to it. That's yeah, that's the yeah. appeal of all of my favourite bands. Like, uh, yeah, I, f- I fucking love, like, early Trash Talk and Ceremony, but I'd rather listen to something I could sing along to and know all yeah, the yeah, lyrics yeah. to, you know? So yeah, punk was just a bit more, it just felt a bit more, you know, inviting to to who I was then. And I think um, as well, like, y- y- the, the the inner hipster in me was born really young. It was like, well, no one likes punk. Everyone likes metal. <laughs> yeah. And I want to like punk because I think, punk- and not only that, man, but like, there's, there's this big thing like nowadays where, you know, it's almost like not cool to to look a certain way like especially like in in hardcore bands uh it's very much like you know everyone wears very nice clothes and and i'm not knocking that that's cool um i like you know i like nice clothes but like punk when you're a kid there's something really fucking cool about that look mohawks leather jackets boots and all that whereas like yeah the metal kids i just thought yeah they're uh, fred durst looked like the kid in school that was picking on me you know like so (laughs) fuck that guy like and and like i remember that i think that's probably why i liked lincoln park a bit more because chester Bennington had the mohawk and the tartan jeans in one of the videos um so yeah like i'm a sucker for like for me like a band has really got to look cool as well like i know that's that sounds it's probably not cool or super like very superficial to say but like come on, man, Slipknot without masks on, Kiss without makeup, like, it's rubbish, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's part <laughs> yeah. of the thing. You, you wouldn't go see Turbo Negro and they're all, like, in normal clothes you want to yeah, see in yeah, the sailor yeah. get up, like, so yeah, that that had a big part in it as well.
0: That's cool. And um, I do just want to go back a little bit, because you said, obviously, kind of before Ooh. music, like, the, the other sort of love that you had as a, as a kid growing up was comics and stuff, so like, I was very much, like, similar thing, like, comics were kind of like my safe haven so what were your go-tos when you were younger uh
1: when I was a kid it was it was just Marvel and DC because that was yeah it it was like you know it was the same thing with record shops like when you're when you're a young kid the only thing you can get is what's in the newsagents or the corner shop so it's Beano Dandy and the British reprints of all the Marvel stuff the collector's edition stuff that Panini put out they didn't I don't think they had or bothered doing anything DC until Batman Begins came out in 2005. So that yeah. was like that, that was it for Marvel. And then my DC fix was because the Batman animated series was on and the Superman series was on and Justice League and all of that. So, um and then it was as I got older and you, once again, you go to that shop and you ask that miserable guy behind the counter and he's like, Hey, you know, you should, you should really read this if, if you're not a fucking poser you know so like <laughs> yeah. um and and like that was and, and as well like that i think that was another thing with with punk and, and comic books and and horror movies which was another thing i was massively into was they were just things that like no one else knew about and and if, yeah. and and I, you know i now it's completely different and comic books are such like an integral thing of, in popular culture but like i would get picked on massively for reading comic books because that was kids yeah, stuff yeah. Like, so it, it all just kind of meshed together. It all felt very same, you know, like being a nerd and being a punk was was a very integral thing, which is why I kind of get really, I don't know, like you, I, I kind of feel a bit defensive when you sort of meet these bands who are like these punk bands or these hardcore bands and they're like, they're almost a bit too cool for school. And you're like, man, yeah. I, always, I always say it, like you forget where you all got picked on in school. You you forget yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. grungers. You know what I mean? Like we're not we're not punks. We're not like we're grungers. We're greboes, We got picked on, and, and you <laughs> yeah. coming to a show and acting like, oh no, yeah, I'm too cool. Nah, 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 you're a cunt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> End off off.
0: Right? That's the thing. Like I, I like I'm part. I there is a big part of me that fully agrees with you on that because like you probably I don't know if you would noticed but like the the show that I was at. When you guys were playing in Bristol, mm. I'm there on my own. I'm just there with my camera. No. But I still like very much. It's like key to myself. And like I'm 33, but I'm still very much still that 15. Yeah, mate. Like,
1: like and, and and that's the way it should be. And like, and good on you for fucking doing that as well, man. Because like a lot of when I first started going to gigs, a lot of my friends were a lot of my friends who like I was my my core group of friends from back home. Uh, the they were all like so. What was big at the time was like emo, m- uh, metal, like Trivium and Bullet and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, and then the other half were all indie, and it was only me that was like, uh, "Oh right, so Anti Flag are doing a matinee show at the Old Blue Last. I guess I'm going to th- that by myself." You know what I mean? So like that as well as in- and like through doing that, I've met some of like my like some, some people that I could not imagine not being in my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Like so, yeah, like that. If, if it's that thing if you start acting like you're like this fucking cool kid club then you're people like that are not going to want to come to shows
0: yeah 100 like, yeah, so then in terms of you kind of like going on to actually like playing music and things obviously we know you now as the, the vocalist in clobber but like her, were you like dabbling in like playing instruments and stuff when you were growing up or is kind of like vocals always been the thing that you've been drawn to
1: I always, always wanted to do vocals, um, and that was like, uh, and I'm, and I'm not too much of a, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not gonna like self-edit anything. I was, I always, you know, it was always me that like, if I walked past the mirror with my headphones in, would start fucking pretending like I'm playing a fucking Wembley, like singing <laughs> yeah. fucking Green Day lyrics back at the mirror, like. Um, so it was what I always wanted to do, but like, it, I, it was still kind of like oh, but no one's going to want to start a band with me singing in it. Or, you know, I'm not that, you know, there's a difference between being shit and sounding like Henry Rollins in Black Flag and being shit and sounding like shit. And I always thought (laughs) I was in the second camp. And then uh, I tried learning bass and uh, was was like fucking around with that. Me and my best mate, um, he moved his drum kit into my mum's old house and, and and like we didn't we weren't musicians so like I had my brother's old bass, which I'm pretty sure just was it like rattled when you yeah. <laughs> when you moved yeah. it and uh, and my best mate had just drum and was like well, we'll start a band and like every week we changed what kind of band we were going to be and and none of us knew how to write songs I think we just liked sitting in that garage and being like hey you know it would be so cool like when we're playing all these shows that are never going to happen and um and stuff like that and then. It was, uh, and, and that was just sort of that. And then, but like for me, and, and I played like in uh, a rock and roll band for a bit. Um, and, that, and that was like my first thing of being like, oh yeah, cool. Like I, this, this is what a show feels like. But it was always like, I want to be at the front and I want to be yeah, playing yeah. punk and I want to be, you know what I mean? Um, and then, and, and kind of to compensate for that, I started putting on gigs and yeah, it was actually when the bass player in Clubber, his dad was like, you know, an idiot can do it. So why don't you do it? And I'm like, yeah, why don't <laughs> I do it? Um, and like, and, and that was kind of like, cause it's that thing, like if, it, you know, the, the great thing about like DIY music is, is if you're not directly involved, you can still be involved. You can take yeah, photos, yeah. you can write a fanzine, you can put on gigs. And um, so, so I did that on and off for ages. And then, uh, my a load of my mates from my area started a like kind of piss take uh, punk band called Pints, yeah, and and I was like, man, this this is cool. If if I wrote music, this is because it was just about singing about what we were all doing, which was just getting drunk and smoking and hanging out and being pricks. Um, and I kind of bother them. I'd be like, hey, you know, if ever Hogan don't want to do it, you know, like. I'm your boy. I'm your, hit me up, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. man." Um, and then there was a time I think like Hogan was on holiday or something, or and they were like, "Yeah, like come on, jump in." And then they, they we sort of like done this one show, and they were like, "Well, that went really well." Uh, so we'll stick Hogan on guitar and vocals, and you can be the front man. So I played in pints for years, and that was cool. And that that was you know I met a load of people through that and had an amazing time doing that. And then that. Kind of that just sort of, I think that outlived its 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 welcome and its usefulness and and yeah that that sort of led me up to Clubber really but like to be fair that without the pandemic I don't think Clubber would have existed yeah, uh, at yeah. The, like at the time I was very much like all right yeah I've done that like played with some of my favourite bands I've scratched a few off the bucket list of venues and. And I was like, and I'm thirty next year, and I've got a, got a proper job. Um, yeah. You know, sixteen year old me would have been like, sell out. Um, <laughs> but I was, you know, and I was very much like, yeah, I'm all right. I've got my cats, my bird, my flat. I'm I'm good. And then, uh, yeah, then the pandemic happened, and I was like, man, if I never done that ever again, what a no. And it, it, and 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 then all of a sudden, as well, there was there was all this stuff to write about.
0: you know and it was
1: like um and, and you know with with pints it was very much like you had your subject matter you you wouldn't take a band like my old band doing politics seriously or you know singing about mental health seriously because it was it was a party band you know what i mean yeah yeah um and so it was also nice to be like okay well what do i write about when i'm not trying to rhyme everything with lager you know what I mean, uh, and <laughs> yeah. then and then like that that first year, tribal rights was all written. Well, I think, yeah, all, all four songs were written. Joey would send me because like me and Joey had met years ago, and it was like the same. Everyone has that thing where it's like, hey man, we should start a band. Yeah man, yeah, we yeah, should start yeah. a fucking band. And uh, and then it would just never happen. And then uh, yeah. and then he he texts me one day. Uh, I was living at my dad's at the time. I was like in between places to live and uh, I wasn't allowed to work. Um, And then he texted me and was like, Hey man, like I've wrote some tunes. What do you think? And I was like, I'll send them over. And he sent them over and everything. I was like, cool. Well, what'd you think of this? And it was like, yeah, cool. And then we were just voice noting for like days and we got so excited about it. And I remember like, like, six in the morning i wake up and be like joey what do you think of this like (laughs) over voice note send it to him and then he'd wake up and go that's so good man what if we do like that and then like that was how that first ep came around and then it was like right okay um worm was in pints with me he's been my best mate since we were like 13 and and i don't care how big mouthed it is to say um he is the best bass player on the planet so it was like, right, well, I'm grabbing Worm because I, having anyone else is just such a redundant waste of time.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And he
1: was like, you know, it's the most like laid back human being in the world. He just, I was like, Worm, we're going to start a band. And I was expecting this like, yeah, boy, it back together. And he was just like, yeah, all right, sweet. Let me know when I've got be there. And I was like, <laughs> sick. And then he uh, was like, right, okay, the hardest thing in any fucking band, uh, finding a drummer. And then it was, yeah, yeah. I think like the first... The first hardcore gig I went to, and the first gig I went to where it wasn't like sat down, which was—did you go to any of them sit down gigs?
0: No, I couldn't do it,
1: Man, I, So I went to two, and it's—you know—you want to, you wanted to support your boys, and you wanted to support the venue, but the only way I could describe it was: um, Have you ever been to Amsterdam? And you know, you get them like penny sex shows where you put the penny in, the the thing yeah, comes yeah, up, yeah, the bird dances, and then it comes down. And you're like. That was a waste of money. Like that's how it was. It was like you know, I want to get involved. I want to do this, but like, I can't because you know, because. So it like so the first gig uh, we went, I went back to was uh UK Hardcore Returns, the three day festival you yeah, cross yeah. in. Um, uh, was shout out to everyone who put that on. That was fucking amazing, and uh, and the the first day. Cause uh, you, know, you know, you don't want to walk around and be like, man, I'm starting a band. Cause then if it doesn't happen, you look like a cunt. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah. but then, then the first day I, I bump into Sam and like I, his old band of my old band had played a few shows and it was very much like, oh yeah. Like which one are you again? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm the drummer. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah. And then I was like, so what are you up to these days, man? He's like, oh, I've just, uh, I've just moved to London. I was like, just moved to London, plays drums, but he's not in a band. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, do you want to start? Do you, do you want to be in a band with me, Joey and Worm? And uh, and he was like, yeah, man. And it was the one of the, the best thing about that is like not only once again, Sam's a phenomenal fuck. I couldn't imagine not being in a band with Sam now. Like, but uh, he actually named the band as well, which for ages we we were just like, oh, what should we call it? And uh, <laughs> I wanted to call it Ten Thousand Dogs or Blokes because I was just like, look, we're just gonna. <laughs> I was like, we're just gonna put out one record. And we'll play a show every now and then because we're all 30 now. We're old. Um, you know, and uh and then Sam was like, hey, What about Clobber? And I instantly was like, Yeah, man, I can put the thing onto so much of our merch. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah if we call it clobber, I think that was the thing for me. I was like, Yeah, sick. And I also like, you know, we also liked this, it's a very British word, it means your clothes and everything, like, and it's clobber is in your yeah, and yeah. smacking someone. So it, like yeah, that that's the uh, the musical journey up until up until now. I think, man,
0: that's cool. And um, just to like again, just backtrack a bit because obviously you said obviously like you play like dabbled a little bit with like, other instruments and stuff like very early on, but you always mm. kind of wanted to do like the vocal side of things and. Obviously, like you've mentioned, like your brother before, and just for people listening, to context: Jack was obviously in Giants, which yeah, quite, yeah, quite quite well known, sort of like UK band at the time. But have, did you two ever ever kind of like talk about doing stuff, or was it just kind of like musical styles differing and, and things uh, like
1: that? I mean, it's it's a funny one because like. Uh, my, I, I probably should have mentioned this, but like watching my brother play his first ever gig, uh, uh, the Wolverhampton Standard, uh, Giants were called Blind Kids See Ghosts, and and they're all really proud of that name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they were opening for We Are the Ocean, who were called Dead But Still Dreaming, who were really proud of that name. Um, <laughs> and I remember I stood there, and it, and at the time they were like very metalcore; they were a million miles yeah, away yeah. from like the the hardcore kind of band that they, they turned into. And even though it wasn't my thing and, you know, I, I remember just standing there and just thinking, I'm gonna live in that cunt shadow for the rest of my life now, fuck. I was, so, <laughs> but like, I was so proud because it was like just the coolest thing. My brother was playing music and it was like a full room of people. And like, it was just the, so like, but at the same time and like every musical venture I've ever had, I always take it to Jack. And uh, right. like, what do you think of this? Uh, he's actually recorded everything I've ever put out. Uh, yeah. He recorded everything with Pines. He's recorded uh, everything with Clover. Um, and it, and it's like I wouldn't trust anyone else with with our stuff because like uh, you know he's my best mate, but he's like horribly horribly honest. So if I do a take, <laughs> he will just go no man that was shit do it again and like I, you know I, to be fair i maybe i'm like putting this on myself but like i i just i would never want to risk someone just sort of cashing in a check and being like yeah man that was great next song yeah and, yeah and he knows what i like and he knows what like i would want to go for and like me and him have very different tastes in music like um, yeah. very similar like we meet in the middle and a lot of places but like you know I, and i think that's why we've never done a band is because like I, I just think it would be like, well, I don't want to do that. And then like, cause we're brothers, yeah. we'd fucking squabble and argue over it. Yeah. Um, but like, <laughs> he, yeah, he's, uh, he, he played, he helped out in pints when we were missing a guitarist, like, and uh, my, the the only proper tour I've ever been on was a Giants tour. I went and done their merch and uh, did mic grabs whenever I could, because yeah. that was what I wanted to do. And uh, And it was them touring with H2O as well. So it was like, my my only tour to date of this recording was with my brother's band, who I loved all of them. Them guys were my family, and one of my favorite fucking bands of all yeah, time. Yeah. So that was like really fucking cool. Um, and it was like you know always being in the 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 uh, like gravitational pull of giants, where I learned like because you know my brother's he's he's like fucking Rain Man, like. He ran that band like a business and it was like, Yeah, this yeah. is how we're doing this. This and like and I'm I'm still not very good at that, but what I am good at, I I've definitely picked up from being around them guys. So that was yeah. like another thing. And uh and and just that scene in general, like it, it's weird when people cause like we didn't have I think a lot of the people my side of the central line kind of came to the UK hardcore scene a bit later. And I I think that's because I don't want to sound rude to all of them, but they all played in shit metalcore bands. But yeah, yeah, there was a really great scene of every Thursday after college, you'd go down to the standard, and there'd be a band and there'd be a night on, and it'd be all of them bands from all of my pals in college, and Giants, and and We Are the Ocean before they got massive, and and then like uh, there was a guy in Loughton where like we're all from, like round about where we're all from, who used to hire out an old Royal British Legion. And like, he would just put on whatever his mates were playing. And I think like the Skints played there many moons ago. Uh, there was a great punk band called The Decline. There was a band called blah, blah, blah. There was a metal band called Amber Void. There was a hardcore band called, uh, fuck, I can't remember. Um, I really want to now because the vocalist was insane. He was he was so good. Um yeah. And there was a, a punk band called The Forgetfuls and a an all-girl punk band called Itchy Tits. But it was all like there wasn't no, oh yeah, we're a UK hardcore scene. It was a uh, we are just this local melting yeah, yes. pot of of bits and bobs. And then it was only when um when giants really started like getting big and playing with all these other bands where you that's when you discover oh what the fuck is ruction what's the 12 bar what's um, yeah yeah what are, what are these london calling nights at the 12 bar there's that venue again and you, you start just like and then because they would go on tour with these bands from around the country fuck what what's greater like in scotland what are our time down here like in southampton like and it all and that's when my brain went and that was i think that then as well was when i was like yeah man it's so easy to start a band why aren't
0: I doing this (laughs) and you mentioned then obviously like kind of like local shows and things like that and you obviously mentioned as well sort of you going to like shows on your own because when you were like younger that you were the only one that was kind of like really into that sort of like punk sort of side of things I can't stress
1: this enough. I'm not saying that to be like I was the only one cool enough for punk
0: music. Oh no no no! No, I've just just heard you
1: say it back, and I'm like, God, I sound like a cunt. Um, (laughs) It just, it just really was the way, like, uh, because it was all, you know, we were all still in like early secondary school, and we lived in the suburbs, like, so the only exposure that a lot of my friends got to punk was whatever came on Scars, MTV Two, or Kerrang. But because of that, they all got into metal. Um, yeah sorry I interrupted you massively there mate sorry
0: go on I was just going to say like was that the kind of I guess like because I'm just kind of like putting the pieces of the puzzle together Mm. but was that kind of like being in those sort of like live music environments be it sort of the DIY side of things or the like bigger like anti-flag kind of shows that really kind of gave you that appetite of like oh yeah this is something And I guess as well, again, a bit of like with your brother doing it as well, like it's an achievable goal sort of thing.
1: Yeah, it it is. And I think I could, I could, you know what, I could probably actually pinpoint you to the gig where I knew that the tide would change and a few more of my mates would maybe be on board with starting a a punkers or at least getting into that was uh, there was a show at the Astoria, which, fuck the Elizabeth line fuck the Tories it's <laughs> the best venue in the fucking country and I'll never shut up about it um but the, yeah there was a show at the Astoria and it was uh once again anti-flag uh with Lethal Bizzle fucked up and Gallows and I think Gallows were the band they, they were like the hardcore band that hit the mainstream to the point of where all of yeah. my friends that were Getting their information from Kerrang. So, okay, they'd never heard of Rancid, but who's Gallows? I like Gallows. What's this? And then, like, we, I think, like, we, a few of us went to that show and it was like, look at that tiny little ginger man. He's our age. Well, like, he, you know, Frank at that point didn't look that much younger than or like, older than me and all my mates. Yeah. You know? Like, um, it, it was mad. Uh, apart from the fact that he was like head to toe in tattoos, you know what I mean? But he was like, come on. Come on, like, let's <laughs> yeah. you know, um, and that was I think that was the first show where like afterwards we were at the back of the Astoria drinking and like all the bands came out and we were like, this is sick, like you know, there's no backstage nonsense, they're just yeah, out here yeah. also drinking <laughs> and like being geezers, you know, like it, it was fucking cool, it was great. Um, so yeah, I th- like I think slowly it just took a very long time, I think. Uh, for me to find people that, you know, were in, because like, yeah, the only one out of my my core mates from back home that even still does music is Worm and he's in cobble yeah. with me. Like everyone else was like, oh, you know, went and got jobs and kids and boring grown-up shit. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and, and me and Worm were the only ones who were like, no, it's, let's just be grungers until it, it hurts too much and we yeah, have to yeah. give it up. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: And then, so, in terms of, like, I guess, like, quote-unquote, like, first, like, proper bands, would you say, like, Pints was the first, like, proper band that you were in? Yeah.
1: yeah, that was the first time ever in a studio. That was the first time playing gigs to actual crowds. And, like, you know, we for for a band that started as a way to take the piss out of all the local bands that were taking themselves too seriously, we outlasted a lot of them. We, yeah. you know, we we fucking like opened for Wisdom in Chains. We we were like second to main support for Leftover Crack. We played with DOA. Like we we it, that band had some miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I would class pints as the the only real thing. And then when that packed up, yeah, there. Like I said, there was that period of just being like, I would have done it. Right? And then yeah, yeah. Joey, had, you know, me and Joey would entertain the idea of starting a band every now and then um i think that the last one before clobber was going to end up more like a a sort of misfitsy sounding like just because i was like look i just want an excuse to write a song about fucking horror movies man like you like just write (laughs) the most horrible sounding punk shit you can write as long as we can all wear black and i can (laughs) i can pretend to be a vampire like then that's another one scratched off the list um but then, yeah, that—that that, I think the the bass player we had chosen was uh, when and had a kid, and the drummer wasn't really up for it. And and to be fair as well, like it just it wouldn't have been very authentic on me, um, because that would have been fun for a show, and then I would have been like, oh, I said, I want to wear all black. I've got I've spent yeah, like yeah, loads yeah. of money on really nice shirts and braces. I want to wear them, <laughs> um, you know. So it, yeah, it would have been uh, very. I don't think it would have had the same love and affection that Clobber would have had. So probably good that fell apart, I should imagine.
0: Yeah. But the reason I kind of wanted to just, like, dwell on points for a little bit is just because I think, and this could be completely just my perspective, mm. but as you say, it was a kind of a joke, uh, not a joke band, but a band that was put, like, tongue-in-cheek.
1: Yeah, it, it started as fun. one thing and ended up as a, as another, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: um, and I think, like, because in those sort of, like, early sort of like phases i think this again this is very much like my perspective because like when i was mm. like younger and like of the age that when pints would have been like maybe at their height mm. i was very much like no hardcore is this pure thing like you do not take the, <laughs> the piss out of hardcore <laughs> sort of thing so i was like this isn't for me sort of thing and no. I think a lot of people kind of had that attitude so um i don't know did you kind of Find that was a like a fun thing that people were a bit like, yeah,
1: mate. Because um, I'm telling you now, if, if we had heard you say that, we would have took the piss out of you for it, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it like, because and don't get me wrong as well, like, I, I need to like state for the record because every now and then someone sends me this band and goes, Hey, this band are ripping off pints, and I'm like, It's not that they're ripping it off, it's that they missed the point. Pints weren't a gimmick, and we weren't a joke. Um, I mean, we started as like a way of getting a rise out of people but we were all horrible nasty bastards yeah. and uh and and we did drink a lot and we did party a lot and it, you know we all pretty much still do as well um so it's like yeah when people are like you know like you said you probably would have skipped on it because of that Fair enough. That's you know, and and like more power to you for sticking to your conviction. My thing would have been is that we we would get a lot of people like that, um, that would be like, oh, they're a joke. They're this. They're that. Yeah. And then they'd be at a show. Watch it. Watch it kick off. And then afterwards, they're coming up to us and going, you know what, that was really good. And I'm like, and it was that yeah. thing of being like, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it like it it was you know then I, I I'm I'm waiting on. Uh, like because clobber are still relatively new we're building them blocks again whereas there was definitely a point where pints sailed on you i just knew i was like well this show's gonna go off because it's a pint show you know what i mean Um, yeah yeah so yeah like for me i enjoyed being horribly obnoxious to people who would have had to would have been you i'm afraid mate (laughs) because i would have really have liked the after the after bit of you going actually you know what that's really good um and 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 and, and mate and, and you know what as well you don't have to like it uh you don't have to listen to it either if, if yeah 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 um but it was like the great thing about pints was i think people there was there was a lot of people who found i don't want to say a deeper meaning that sounds really stupid but like there was a lot of people like we had straight edge kids we had a, a, a god bless him king marsh a kid called chris uh, who followed us to every like fucking show, and he was straight edge as the day is fucking long. And I think we were his favorite band, and we had a lot of people like that that we picked up, and we had this like little cult of people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think it was it wasn't necessarily that we were like, hey, yeah, let's get drunk until we throw up. That's really funny. I think it was more like we were just hedonistic, and it was fun, and it and it it didn't have uh, a deeper meaning other than. This is the life we've led because every every pint song has a story behind it that has actually happened to us, and and this is how we feel about it. And we're having fun. I hope you guys are having fun. I'm going to spit beer at you for the next half an hour. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I think like I, I so it's weird because it, even I catch myself calling it a joke, but I wouldn't call it a joke because I think yeah, it definitely. Yeah served its purpose i think it just maybe outlived its purpose by yeah one or you know one or two years maybe um and and, and, you know i think as well the the annoying thing was that like after the pandemic all of these like i don't want to say proper punk but like but like we always played with bands that didn't really sound like us by like rotten foxes and like who cares to a degree um, but we were always put on with like either really straight up hardcore bands or like really crusty, crustier than crust punk bands. There was never yeah. like, whereas now I feel like there's a really good wave of bands that to be fair, clobber are now sitting in nice and comfortably, but there's a really great wave of bands where I'm like, man, what, like it's, it's kind of a shame that pints didn't just hang on because I feel like <laughs> yeah. we would have maybe have just gone a little bit further, but like one thing ends, another thing comes along, I, Pints was great, but it never really felt like mine either. I didn't start. Yeah. It. I was the, the for lack of a better word, I was the Henry Rollins of that band I joined afterwards. And yeah. Um, and it never, you know, I didn't really, I never wanted to be like, well, I think we should do this because I was the guy coming in. Whereas, yeah, yeah. Like we, and, and with Clubber as well, like, because I know how that feels, we've always said, like, is a democracy, there's five members. Joey, he lives in Nashville, but he's still in the band. He still writes with us, like, and everything is like, because because I'll be like, you know what we should do, and I'll say something completely fucking ridiculous, uh, and someone will be like, I don't think that's a good idea, and I'm like, well, let's put it to a vote, <laughs> and then and yeah. and and that's the way everything gets done in Clover. Is that so, like we suggest something, put it to a vote, done, and like sometimes it doesn't even make it to a vote. because Someone will be like, hey, what do you think about this? And everyone's like, wait, that's fucking awesome,
0: yeah, um, and then like as you say like obviously with Pints as you said it kind of started as one thing and then kind of progressed and as you say you had these opportunities which like were really cool and you got the chance to support some like bigger names in like punk and hardcore and, and things like that so I don't know like was there a conscious like thing within the band itself like again not to say like to take yourselves more seriously but like because you were getting these offers and things that it was becoming more of a quote unquote proper band sort of thing.
1: Uh, If anything, I feel like it was detrimental um, because like I said, a lot of people were like, Oh, that's that gimmick band. And then, and then it was like, we would meet these people and then they'd be like, Oh fuck. You're actually like this. And then, <laughs> and then we never heard from them again. You know, like yeah, we yeah. we would get invited to do like these shows or, you know, Hey, do you want to do this? Or, you know, do you want to do this tour? Blah, blah, blah. We'd play one show with the band and they'd be like, we'd be like, so when do you want to book this tour? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know so the, the, the main thing was like, <laughs> I remember it so clearly. We had a band called, uh, throwing bricks i think and they were really good and uh we played a show with them and, and they were like yeah we're uh quote unquote a little bit boozy and uh we played one show we got kicked out after our set and we never heard from them ever again oh, uh, and i think boston manor were the headlining band and now like so it's like i don't like boston Manor; so it's not really my thing but like the idea of like it was obviously this big show where all these like big wigs were there doing this thing and they were what's that really annoying noise that's getting thrown out of the venue at the moment? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know, just ignore it. Maybe it'll go away. But I, th- I think that was it, was that like, it was cool to do all of that. But um, I think that was when it started to be like, because we weren't going to change, you know what I mean? We weren't going to, it was ne- like, you know, Hogan would turn up to shows in his fucking plumbing overalls, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it weren't. We weren't ever going to turn around and be like, yeah, boys, let's smarten up and let's let's stop fucking... Uh, taking a piss on our social like it weren't going to happen um, yeah yeah and, and 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 don't get me wrong like clobber is not in the position of you know I'm, I'm not about to bend over and do whatever anyone tells me to but like the mentality is there of being like well how can we make this better because yeah. with pints it wasn't ever going to get better it was just going to be like let's write another song about drinking whereas this it's like what can we do and and this is the thing. Like, I think I spent so long in pints of being like, well, "That's just what you do." But now, actually, being with like, not that anyone in pints wasn't a musician, but with people, we've all we're all on the same spectrum. You know, we've all yeah. everyone in clobber has been in bands. Yeah. Uh, they've done okay, but they could have done better. And we're all like, right, what can we do to get from point A to point B without what we feel would be like. Giving up something on a moral point of view, or you know, producing pop music, or you know, whatever. So it's very, it was very exciting for me to be like. And as well, there was always that part of me with pints where I was like, oh, "I'd really like to do this," but I'm not going to tell the boys that because they would probably laugh and say <laughs> it's rubbish. Yeah. So like, it's really cool that like, you know, if you know, like, so when we first started the when we first started clobber i was like guys I, I really want to write like an acoustic like Chaz and dave type of track um to stick in the middle of a fucking record might not be the first second or third might be a full length and we've had that on ice for about a year now um yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's cool that everyone's like yeah man that's sick you know what else i'd like to do this and and like i know this guy who can play this and we should get him on a record and and like, so it, it just feels a lot more fulfilling and um, it's kind of like it, Pints was my secondary school and Clobber is, uh like Pints was like uni, it was my apprenticeship and and I, I took all of that and I just apply it to Clobber now, which is um, yeah, yeah. very exciting.
0: So just before we do get into like Clobber in a bit more detail, I just want to kind of pick up on like what your kind of doing like as a job and stuff because i think like, as i asked you beforehand like influences and i think that kind of feeds into to what you're writing with club mm. but so obviously the day job as a barber so how did you kind of get into like barbering and everything like that
1: barbering uh, i kind of done like the reverse of what i should have done so when i was in when i was in pints i i took whatever crap job i could get Thinking right, zero hour. I can fuck off. I can do this. I you don't have to come in tomorrow. Blah blah blah. Uh, The irony that like a zero hour pub would be like, but you have to work tomorrow, and you're like, but it's zero hours. (laughs) I don't have to do anything. You know what I mean? So I like I stayed in all these miserable shit jobs, and I like every pub, every kitchen. I was a kitchen fitter for a little bit. Uh, Fucking, I've done everything. Every fucking job. And, uh, and then when Pint stopped and it was like, I, I, I was working at a pub at the time and they said, right, well, you've been here long enough. Do you want to do like the, the brewery I worked with? i like, I don't know if it's the same with everyone, but like bronze is like, you're a barman. Silver is you learn to be a supervisor and gold is you go on and have a pub. And they were yeah. like, you've been here long enough. Do you want to do your gold? Do you want to have a pub? And I was like, oh, my own pub, like that'd be good. And then I stopped and was like, Oh, wait, I fucking hate this job. And I fucking hate you. And I fucking hate everyone who works for this And I was like, no, you know what? No, I'm good. I'm going to go back to college and I'm just going to find something I like. Um, my my granddad had a uh, had a factory for years that made binders. And, uh, yeah. and, I, and as a kid, I was just like, well, he must love his job because he's the boss. And uh, actually one of the best bits of advice he ever said was be at the bottom of a job you love than on top of a job you hate. And, and that was the thing that clicked it was like i I would be the boss of that, of this terrible fucking awful job um so no i'm I'm gonna go find something and and it just i knew it had to be something with my hands it had to be something creative um and, and you know it had to be something that was with was, was fun and and barbering was just kind of it, it was that or like you know I didn't want to do tattooing. i, I love drawing I love art and I do a lot of it in my spare time um but any time i've ever tried to monetize it it's instantly been like the the joy has been sucked out of the room like a vacuum yeah, in yeah. space so it was like it can't be that so it just had to be barbering i think and um i went and done which and, and the thing is as well like being like a 16 year old kid with a mohawk i I flunked college bad the first time <laughs> round because why do I, you know, in school, you're told, sit there, shut up until the bell rings and then you go home. Yeah, in college, yeah, yeah. they're like, well, I mean, you can go to your next lesson. You don't have to. And you're like, all right, well, I'm not going. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, fucking balls up college the first time round. So part of me was like, let's actually go back and, and, and prove my dad right, who was always like, get a trade don't don't learn how to do art it's a waste of time and i was like no i'm gonna do art um, yeah yeah you know i went and proved my dad right and got a trade and like it was one to tick off the list of like right you ballsed it up but i i saved up the money i paid for it myself and i got myself through it and then it was and then after that it's you know you go do an apprenticeship and you bounce around until you find a shop you like but um yeah yeah which is what I did. And I was was very lucky to land where the the, the shop I'm at now. When I I explain how my shop works to people, I think that I don't know whether it's jealousy or like, wow. And you put up with that. Like, it's just, it's like the wild West. It's it's the the black pearl. It's like our boss leaves us be. And like, I put on a punk show in our barbershop a couple of weeks ago and my boss was just like, yeah, send me pictures. Like he wasn't like, (laughs) Hey, don't, he wasn't like, don't break anything or anything like that. It was just like, you know he, he fucking because he's like he's he's an older guy and i think he just he kind of has his like last few shops to pay for going to benedorm and go golfing with his mates so he's yeah, like yeah. yeah like do what you want like he never checks in on us you know as, as long as the money stays in the till and, and all that so uh but like at the same time and, and it was like another thing where over coronavirus and uh, over the pandemic uh my job is like on the front lines of learning that your bubble is very small. It breaks yeah. very easy and not everyone is as smart as you thought they were. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Cause I like at the time, I was just as angry as the people on the other fence as me. And I was making very like short, sharp judgments. Like I can understand why if someone isn't given the proper information, they might not want to get a vaccine. I can understand why if someone is angry that they have to stay in all day and there are people out doing things, why they would be an arsehole about it. But like it, it was, it, it it's very in your face. You know what I mean? Mm. They're in my chair. And I, the only, I've only ever had to kick one person out of any chair that, of any of the shops I've ever worked in. And that was just because the guy was being a racist arsehole and I had to just be professional enough to be like, Get the fuck out of my chair. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because it's one of the ones who like you could fucking smack me, he could pick up my scissors and stab me. So you have to really yeah, like yeah, yeah. eat and grin on your face, be like, right, I'm done here. Uh I'm not gonna charge you, but get the fuck out of my chair. Yeah, um, yeah. But then like during the pandemic, it, it 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 wasn't anything of that bad, but it was listening to well, you know that there, you know, the coronaviruses, uh it's caused by five G towers and and uh, oh yeah, Black Lives Matter. Well, don't all lives matter? And I had to listen to all of that all the time. Yeah. From, and, and and the most heartbreaking thing was I listened to a lot of it from people that I thought would know better. Yeah, um, yeah. and and that's where a lot of the the clobber song, Karen's gammon tippies, and conspiracies come from because it was like it the whole thing with the pandemic was like a, a big thing for me like I, I really do. I'm, I'm, qu- I'm quite pessimistic. I'm quite Like, I don't want to say negative. I always try not to be, but I'm, I'm quite a grump. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. And I always try and see things from that. You know, I always, if I meet someone that I don't like, I'm like, that we're just not meant to, but like something that I find very common in the people that I don't get along with is that they believe they are the main character in the universe.
0: Yeah, And and
1: that was what the pandemic felt like. It was like, mate, it's happening to all of us. Yeah, yeah. It's happening worse to some people and, like, all of that. But, like, it is not happening to just you. So please shut the fuck up. You do not know better (laughs) than scientists. You do not know better than experts. Like, you know better than the Tories? Good on you. For everyone who, like, broke, like, the laws because they were like, I just don't want John... Boris Johnson telling me what to do. I've got a level of respect for that. You go. <laughs> like, but there was just that whole thing of being like, well, I can't. that." Like we had to wear masks in work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and there was no argument about that. It could get the shop shut down. We had to wear them masks. I'm asthmatic and I smoke. And the amount of people are like, well, I'm not wearing a mask because I, I'm asthmatic. And it's like, what kind of bullshit fucking, ex- I wear this for you and
0: you can't wear one
1: for me. Like it was just, and I just felt myself getting very angry. And then like when it finally came down to write songs, I was like, think of all the things you have heard, all the bullshit reasons you've heard for things. People moaning, "Why are they knocking Winston Churchill statues down? Why is this?" I'm a white man, and my life is so terrible. No, it ain't. Shut the fuck up. Because he's a cunt. Like, and I just <laughs> condensed it all into this like minute and a half long song. And that was where. And then, like from that, it was like, "This is what the the this is what the EP is going to be about." I've never yeah, written anything yeah. that's had like. Uh, a narrative to it or anything, but it just felt like there were bits of the song uh, "Tribal Rights" and the song "The World's Gone Mental." When when I first wrote the lyrics to, was they were kind of like, kind of like the dog ends of pints, and and then I I, I retroactively stopped and went, no, like that's lazy. Go back, you you've got better, and 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 like we I've just filled that fucking EP like everything because everything joey was giving to me was just like straight in the fucking face and i was like
0: yeah yeah
1: sick right so whatever i wrote right has got to be fucking venom over this you know um and it, and it was it was just one of those things where i was like you know hopefully this resonates with people and you know like i said we all went through it so i yeah, it kind yeah. of felt like you know it wasn't that like to be like, you're not alone because no one was alone in that. We all went through it, but maybe it was like, hey, I know what it's like at the moment where people that you thought were clever or, you know, people that you thought were normal <laughs> are acting very unnormal and very stupid. Um, so it was kind of just like a nice, like a, a way for me to be like, look, you know, hopefully this will resonate with people for the right reasons. I'm i uh, I'm still waiting on someone to listen to it, not get it, and think that I'm being like, "Yeah, didn't wearing masks suck? Didn't tearing <laughs> statues down suck?" Um, I'm I'm waiting for that day because I, I I don't know whether I like laugh because of how ridiculous it is or like, it's it's like when. Uh, it's like yeah, when people are like, oh well minor threat were racist because they wrote uh guilty of being white, and it's like you're missing the point of that song. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you know, like and I'm I'm, I'm kinda of hoping that I get the same thing one day because then I'd be like, Yeah, let's let's have a talk about that. Let's talk about why you think that. Like that that'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah.
0: And obviously, like you kind of mentioned there, obviously like being in that sort of space and hearing all those things is obviously kind of like a thing that fueled like a lot of what what the clubber ep was Mm -hmm. and again like i I asked you beforehand and you said like initially like clubber wasn't going to be like overtly a political band but obviously circumstances and things has kind of led to that but i guess like you've obviously said like just in this conversation like you have like very like strong political views you're very sort of knowledgeable on that thing so before i kind of get to the clubber side of things has politics always been something that you've always kind of been like interested in, or is it just because like, I don't know? Because you've lived the life and you've seen what's going uh, on, you can't escape it, kind of thing.
1: It's it's a very weird one because, it, and it's 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 a weird one because, like, I, I'm I, I'll be the first to I'm not knowledgeable. I you know I. I want to be more knowledgeable. I want to... Like, you know when you argue with someone about politics and they just shoot back shit at you, like facts at you, like they're a fucking encyclopedia? I wish I could be like that. My brain just does not hold knowledge like that. I could quote to you, chapter and verse, every line of the film, The Terminator, but I could not tell you (laughs) who the Prime Minister was when I was in secondary school. That's just not how my brain works. And so, like you know, it is one of them things like I, I don't ever want to be, uh, I I, I would never want anyone to look to me for like a deeper answer because I don't know if you'd be satisfied with me giving it to you. What I know is you can always do better. There's always room to do better. And like, I know what upsets me and what pisses me off. And I know when I'm being taken for a mug. Um, and I think if, if you're not if you're not angry at at just the way England is or the I mean the world yeah but like I I I mean no the world if you're not angry at the world for the way it is in a lot of places then you're like I don't want to be like wake up sheeple but like yeah you know it's Not being, not doing politics is a political move in itself because it just means that you are okay with how things are. The only thing on this planet that is allowed to not be political is the comic strip Garfield and that is it.
0: (laughs) Everything else,
1: everything else should have some baseline where you have something to say, some you know, like deeper allegory to something. Um, And for me, I like, you know, with any form of entertainment, I like that. That's something I actively seek and look out for. But uh, as far as like getting political, um, it's it's hard because like when I was a kid, like when I was a young kid, like you listen to bands like The Clash and... And they're like, you, you can't be racist. You, you, you know, you can't do this. And, and I'd be like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to be racist. I'm, I'm you know, I'd I, fuck that. But like, you know, you, you realize somewhere down the line that you might have said something that might have been like, what do they call it? Like a microaggression or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. And then it's like a lot of people choose to get off at that point. And they're like, oh, well, I tried. And it's like, no, do better. Someone challenges you with something. I, I will always be the first person in any room to say like, oh, you know, I'm a straight white man. Not, a, you know, I have had personal hardships happen to me, but I've never felt unsafe anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like that is a political statement in itself. And, and I'm not okay with that. And, and, and like, you know, I wouldn't call myself a feminist, but fuck me. Like people should care and listen and read and, and, stand behind and push them people up the whole black lives matter thing was i i just thought was terrible that it had to happen but like watching it on tv i was like this is fucking this is this is punk rock this is this is the most like fucking happening and now relevant thing that we will live through seeing that statue get torn down in bristol stuff like that that was like but then like i was saying as a kid like You know, I was like, wow, I'm not a racist and I'm not this. But, like, the town I grew up in, Debden, was, like, it was a BMP stronghold. So Mm. many people I knew I would talk to in the pub and all of this were obscenely racist. And I would just be like, well, thank God I'm not a racist. But I'd never challenge it. And then I I can't remember when it was. I think, to be fair, it probably went hand in hand with, like, going out more and, like, because... You know, every group of friends has that half that stays in the small town, and the other half get on yeah, a train, yeah. go somewhere, and they meet people. And then it was like, and it was like going to shows and talking to these people, and like, you know, meeting different people in a pub, and and you'd sit there and be like, yeah, no, like it's not enough to just not be racist. Yeah, you, you have to challenge it, and you have to do this, and you have to like, and so like, yeah, I wouldn't say like. I, I'm not like an overly political person. I, you know, I, I couldn't, I, you know, I couldn't spout off like all this text that people should be reading or, you know, and there's, there's pro- I, I think I'm a fairly left-leaning person. I'm pretty sure there's someone so far left that I probably seem centre. And, uh, you know, like there, there's all these different things. So like, all I know is, is you know, every, every day I try and just, you walk out the door, you try and be better. Try yeah. and be better than like. There's no one I relate to less than me ten years ago, and there's no one I relate to less than me fifteen years ago. I'm thirty now, um, so as long like, and as long as you can just keep getting up and being like, right, do your bit today. Yeah, that, and that's the thing. And uh, the the older I get, I talk to a lot of people who say like, you know, get involved in local politics. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to run for mayor or anything. Like like Andy fucking from Sick Ones. That is the most punk rock fucking yeah, yeah, thing yeah. on the entire planet. I love that guy. Um, but like, there is a thing where I, I vote. I, I vote locally. I uh, one of my old teachers became the mayor of uh, my old hometown. I you know made sure that I like kept in touch with him and spoke to him. I write letters to my MP when something pisses me off. It's usually just emails being like, "You're a cunt. Tell your he's a cunt." <laughs> Uh, so I'm sure they're all ignored, but, um, you, you know, it's, but yeah, I, I would love to say that I'm, you know, i talk to some people and I'm like, wow, I wish I had your knowledge, um, yeah, yeah. but I don't, but like, but, it, I know, so I think long, uh, short answer to your very long, uh, uh, to the question you probably asked about half a year ago, um, was just, i i wouldn't say i'm political or what i'm saying like this is the annoying thing what i'm what clobber are saying what we're talking about to me just feels like kind fucking sense
0: yeah you yeah, know yeah. um
1: and then but then th- to a lot of people it's not and to a lot of people it's, it's not like so it to me it's just like it's not even necessarily political on a on a real extreme level it's probably like yeah. playground politics you know but it's but to me, it's just what I feel, and and if that's political, then fine, that's cool. Um, just just don't come to me and ask me my opinions on what something means because I probably won't know.
0: <laughs> but I think that I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Is that obviously, so EP comes out and it just like explodes straight away, mm. and I think it is that kind of balance of it just being like a pissed off punk record that, as you say, is addressing stuff that people have been through in the last two years and things like that. But there are elements of it that people will seek and have found maybe a bit of a more sort of like deeper political sort of meaning in it sort of thing. So I guess like, I don't know, have you found that because like there's so much kind of like, reference point within it for everyone that that's a reason that it has got so much like traction to it i hope
1: i hope that i hope that is the point i hope that's the the nail on the head there is that it it is just kind of talking to everyone in the right way um the and and like you know no one's gonna come up to me and be like hey man your record sucks but like the the, the (laughs) one the one bad thing that uh had, that I have heard be said about the record is, oh uh, uh, well, imagine being a, a, like an oi band uh, in this day and age, and it's kind of like, well, I don't think you've ever listened to oi, and I don't think you've ever listened to us. If you if that's what you're taking away from,
0: that. yeah, yeah, um,
1: just you know, you, you've just looked at me and gone, nah, like which you know, very <laughs> yeah. punk rock that, and it, um, but I, yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to think that people are just kind of getting it because you know we're not i'm not trying to force feed anyone i'm not i'm not trying to tell anyone what they should think or believe or anything it it really is just like have you had to deal with this of course you had like i said it happened to everyone here's some tunes we wrote about it and um and as well i I think it's it, it the intention was it's supposed to be quite a positive record as well like the uh every you know the whole point of okay so like the the three songs on it tribal uh karen's tottenham court and uh the world's gone mental are all like diary points in life but then like tribal rights of the new friday night is supposed to be like that's all happened but this is what we're doing next yeah um, and yeah. and and like that that's what that felt like to me writing that was like you know, these are the new tribal rights. This is, this is what life's going to be. This is what we're going to make for ourselves moving forward. Um, mm. Spoiler alert. The second EP is, is basically just like, well, all that went to shit and uh, <laughs> it's actually got worse. <laughs> so, um, but like, yeah, so I, I, I would like to think that people are just, yeah, they're just getting it because it's, it's relatable, which is all punk rock should be. Um you know, yeah, you get your bands like the Misfits and and like bands that maybe sing about things that are a bit more like I don't know, bigger in scope and you know, like. But for the most part, like, it's the reason why people like reggae. It's people. The reason why people like country music and punk is it. It's working man's music. It's what yeah, you yeah. go through, and you know you relate to it, Um like. And and if I've made a record that sits in that category of, I keep saying I, by the way, I mean to say we, I, it's just bad habit. But like, you know, yeah. if, if, if we have made a record that is that fucking good and relatable and sits alongside, you know, music where you're like, oh yeah, man, like that fucking, that hits a, a beat, then yeah. then good. I've You know, I've done my job well. But the, the funny thing about it was that like initially, Clobber was, like I said, it was, it was me and Joey being like, yeah, let's start a band. But we were just like, yeah, we'll stick this record out. We're both old. We'll play like one show a year. See if we can get on a like a, a, a London fest at New Crossing or something. And, uh, and we'll just do that. And then it was yeah. like, and then it came out and it was like, we had to have this moment where we sat around and was like, do you want to really go for it? Like, the shows are fucking rolling in. And we were like, Yeah, okay, new game plan. We take this band (laughs) as far as we can fucking take it. You know what I mean? So it was quite cool that we, and I feel like we both were hoping that would happen anyway. We were both being very modest and being like, no, no, we'll just start this little band. It would be lovely. But then, uh, (laughs) and then there was a thing like Sam and Worm are like, and and like Orgo now that like he weren't there at the beginning, but he's joined now. Like, um them three are like, well, excitable and they're like, oh man, I think we can do this. And And, like, you know, we're not sitting there going, like, oh, yeah, we're going to fucking play Wembley and all that. But, like, we do – recently we're we're all learning to be, like, yeah, man, this is sick. Look, like, we actually got stock of it. Like, because we've got three shows left now um, for this year, and then it's getting the second EP out in uh, January. Spoiler alert. Um, And then – so – and we actually sat there and was, like, We've gone this far in one year, like so. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, is like I, I said earlier, like live clobber shows aren't as hectic as pint shows were when they stopped. But in a year, clobber has gone further than yeah. pints ever did. Better support shows, better venues. We've been offered a two-week fucking tour with a band on Hellcat, which for me is like right, Rancid's label. Yep, tick that off.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: so like, it and and all of this has come from less than six minutes of music. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, what happens when we add another six to it? And then we've got 12 <laughs> minutes of music. Um so yeah, it's just it's fucking exciting. And and I'm I'm also old enough now that I'm I like I don't I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm not excited about it either. But I think like when yeah, I was yeah. in Pints I would have maybe been like, yeah, that's all right, isn't it? But like net like mate, you should have seen me the day we got offered that grade two tour. Like I was in work and, and I, I turn around to my boy, Jack, who doesn't have fucking clue about punk rock. And I was like, oh, I've been offered a fucking two-week tour of the UK with, like, a band that are on Rancid's fucking label. And he doesn't know who Rancid are either. And, he, yeah. and, I, and like, I'm bouncing <laughs> off and down the walls and I'm, like, calling Joey. And I'm, like, fucking shit, but Like, ah, oh, it's going to be so good. Like, uh, and, uh, you know, like, uh, whereas, and, yeah, I'm not going to pretend like I'm, I'm not doing that because being in a band is fucking awesome. Yeah, like, and yeah, and yeah. these are the cool things where you're, like,
0: yes. Because that's the thing, because as you say, like, it's kind of almost been like a lightning in a bottle kind of like moment sort of thing. So I guess like from you, like an insider perspective, because like, I guess kind of going back to what you were saying like earlier, like with the sort of like Gallows like experience, like that was kind of a moment you could pinpoint like the mm. tides had changed sort of thing. So with, with Clobber, was there that moment when you realised like, oh shit, we do have lightning in a bottle, let's fucking run with it sort of thing?
1: Uh there there's I don't know, there was sort of like the, the calm before the storm was definitely that we hadn't even released music yet. We had played one mm. show, um, and we got offered an opening slot for dead swans in Brighton. Right. Um which we couldn't play because we all got fucking COVID. Um but like that was like, whoa, like we have no music out. How does whoever this is know? that this is a thing and then that was kind of like a we were all kind of like that's fucking cool though right like (laughs) someone somewhere is is already being like here you go keep an eye on these," and then uh and then it was like a slow start to the year uh did did the ep release show and that like proper kicked off that was a great show and then i think it was when I, th- I think it was all tied to the release of the record in January because yeah. it was like, that was such a good show. There were so many people there that I hadn't seen in ages. And like, we were talking to uh, a label that were like, maybe not this one, but your next one. And, and there was a lot of press coming in. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was like no echo in America. But yeah, yeah. They wrote something really great about it. There was loads of people writing really cool things about it. And it was like, and it, and it all seemed as well to be from people who were like, you know, you. you know, everyone's had a write up of their band where it's basically just like the very bare minimum, and then a video link to a YouTube thing. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. was like people were writing what I would have wrote if someone was like, "Hey, describe Klobber, You know what I mean? I was like, people are getting it. Wicked. Yeah, yeah. And then um, it just yeah. So I think it was around it probably was like the start of the year. Where I was like, Nah, we're, we, you know, this is gonna go. This is gonna really. I think, I think this has got some legs to it. And uh, and and now like, you know, people come up to us and they're like, it's almost become a joke where people are like, Oh, you're not playing a gig this weekend? <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> no, but like, and and I find that that's such a weird like behavioral trait because like, don't you want to play a gig this weekend? Like, I want to play a gig this week. I'm playing a yeah, gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing a gig tomorrow, and like, I'm so stoked about it, but like. I don't know, there's this weird thing where people are like, oh, well, you know, you seem to be on everything at the moment and we're like, yeah, because we want to put the fucking work in. We want to, we don't
0: want
1: to, there's definitely like a point I think where a lot of bands get to where they're like, oh, like I'm there and now I only need to play like one or two shows and they sell out and you're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But like, once again, you're in a band, being in a band is awesome. Go play gigs. like." (laughs) Go play yeah. gigs Talk to everyone at gigs Like I try and talk to Every fucking band At a gig I turn up to Every gig early Because I just want to Talk to people And be like Hey isn't this cool We're here on a Yeah gig. yeah yeah You know We've all got work tomorrow But like tonight We're, we're doing this And this is fucking sick um, So yeah it, It's like But that that's just me I get it If that's you know If that's not for everyone Then
0: fine yeah, yeah. But
1: I, I just fucking love it yeah. Absolutely love it
0: and you mentioned obviously the, the no echo article. Mm. And I I just like this might not even be a thing, but like I just wanted to see if it was and what your perspective was of it. Because I know so um a friend of mine actually like they do like a set like a different podcast where they kind of uh have like listeners submitted tracks and one of your tracks was submitted and they were like, yo, this is sick. Was that one eight five? No. Oh, Maybe fair. it's a different one, but um but they so they're from uh I always get it wrong. It's either Indianapolis or Idaho. I mm. I always forget which fucking one it is. Um but they were like saying, oh yeah, like UK punk revival, blah blah blah, and all this sort of thing. And I think like for American fans, like there is that like one of that kind of more like older style UK punk. So have you found that like you've have had an in like with people that are gravitated towards the club of sound because it does have that kind of like it's got a bit of a nostalgic feel to it but with a modern twist. It's,
1: yeah I think um I do think punk post the uh, post is after and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah punk post the uh pandemic uh has really gone back to its roots a bit more um bands like chubby and the gang and and the chisel and that really blowing yeah. up um and it is good and it's really fucking refreshing because and yeah. and like one it's, it's fucking awesome that anyone in america has hurt my fucking band <laughs> um, yeah. you know all the boys in clover like we were we were on. Our, we were driving after the show where we where you took photos from us. We were all like horribly hungover. We'd had like three hours sleep, and we listened to an American podcast talk about the record, and we were just and we were all just sort of sat there like, someone in America knows who Clobber is. That's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. bonkers. Um, and the reason they probably like it is because the British do punk rock better. Um, <laughs> apart, apart from Rancid, anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, there is a. I think it is. It's just it sort of like comes and goes in in waves. Like you know, I don't think it ever really. I wouldn't call it a revival um, because I don't like. I think I wouldn't say that it's like it's not like it's a revival of street punk or oi or, or hardcore or UK eighty two sounding bands or crust uh, like crustier yeah, yeah, bands yeah. It's just this is what punk boils down to when. Because I think as well, I don't want to talk on behalf of every band I know, but a lot of the bands that we're playing with, they're not even necessarily young kids. They're more mid-20s to 30s. And it's because it's like, maybe it's a similar thing with me where the pandemic was kind of like, all right, well, you can't do this anymore. Oh, wait, but I want to. Um, Yeah. But there's like this is just what punk sounds like when it's being made by this age range who have been affected by it it's like there's a really great documentary um, called 1994 about all the like uh, East Bay punk bands rancid Green Day all of that and um, and Tom delongs on it and he says the reason why bands from that area sounded like that was because they lived by the beach and and, yeah. and it was sunny and and like and i feel like that's kind of what's happening now the reason why all of these really great punk bands are coming out of london is because like it's just the culmination of everything that that this city sounds like what it feels yeah. like to live here um and hopefully it get, hopefully it gets like a cool a cool name like you know like uk 82 or or crust or you know like hopefully someone looks back and sticks it in a book and goes yeah that was the the post-pandemic punk bands."
0: yeah Um, yeah yeah uh, if
1: someone does i want to copyright that and i want a pound for every time (laughs) someone says it um but yeah like so i I think it's just yeah and i think maybe that does sound a bit more exciting to things if you're in america like and Maybe they're still, I don't know, maybe, maybe they're still only listening to, I think it's a sound that fits quite well into every pocket of, of punk rock. So, um, yeah, you know, if yeah, you're yeah. if you're a kid from California or in New York and you're still only listening to Rancid, Agnostic Front and stuff like that, and then a band like one of the bands I've mentioned comes along, you'd be like, this, is, this ticks all the boxes, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's not because we all sat down and went, we're going to rip it all off, but like, because it does, it, we're you know we're from that melting pot. We all yeah, went yeah. like the the reason clobber sounds the way it does is because everyone in it is from like a different like. So you got me and Worm are from Essex originally. I've moved into London. Worm's still in Essex, and you've got like Sam's from Kent. He's moved up to London. Joey's from South London, and, and he and now he lives in Nashville. So hell of a commute um and then you've got like <laughs> orgo who was in like uh from grace and, and black shapes and like all of these more like heavier metal sounding so it's like everyone has like come to clobber and been like well i do want to drop a bit of this in here and then like just whatever has come up uh, come out of it as is, a uh, is, is whatever clobber sounds like you know yeah, um, yeah which is why like you know it's it, 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 yeah, still, like I don't know if someone's like, "Oh, what kind of band are you?" I just say we're a punk band. But like, yeah, I suppose it leaves it up to anyone to say what, we're, like anyone can say what we are.
0: You're probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you have, like you've mentioned as well, like because of like the reaction, like you as a band have kind of right like, reassessed and refocused a little bit and and things like that. And I guess like my question is like you've kind of already said, like, you want to kind of push it as far as as you can, and I'm not saying, like, what's your five-year plan sort of thing, but, like, what's, like, what, I guess, kind of, like, what's the next attainable goal for you that you would like to hit? I
1: don't know, we don't, like, yeah, we definitely haven't sat there and gone, right, by 2028, 20, we want to be doing, but, like, You know, there are things. So, like, we we've all sat around and gone like, right, what of what are the things our old bands never did? Yeah, Uh, yeah. and and they're kind of like the closest thing we have to that. So, um, I want to do like a proper fucking music video at one point. Like, yeah, Pints had uh, a live footage video, and uh, to be fair, that's probably what Clubber will do because of budgetary restraints at first. But like one point down the line i want to do a proper music video i want to you know wanted to do a big big two-week tour of the uk that's getting ticked off um and then like yeah i want to i want to write like an album i want to i, I want something i've done on vinyl which i've never yeah, had yeah. they're the things i want to do um i, I suppose like for me I, I could probably like turn around and go Right, that's everything. If I like, if I play, if I was ever lucky enough to play a venue like Brixton, uh, I think I'd be like, yeah, right, this is fucking cool, isn't it? Right, it, this is, this is like, you know, ticket touts and and yeah. guys selling <laughs> yeah. knockoff merch outside. This, this is, this is, you know, and, I, and it doesn't even have to be like. I, I doubt we'd ever fucking headline anything like that. But like, if I if we could open up for a band a, a bit a venue like that, I think I'd be like, yeah, that's that's fucking cool. Um, but like, yeah, for the for the time being, it's we just want to get this new EP out. We want to get these songs down people's ear holes, and and we want to start like just doing this. Um, I feel like it's the the sort of it is the sequel to Tribal Rights, yeah, yeah. Um, thematically, lyrically, musically, it's it's a little bit more uh just nastier, I think. Like like I said, it Tribal Rights was supposed to be like supposed to feel quite positive and like where do we go next and like i said sadly th- this ep is like well we went there and it was shit so let's write more <laughs> songs about it um so yeah like that that's the the plan is whatever happens next
0: really And know yeah all right. perfect well charlie thank you very much for your time really really appreciate it that's all before right. i do let you go how I always end it is so I like to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So what's your favourite Clubber song you like to play live and why?
1: Ooh, Tottenham Court Road. Yeah. Yeah, it's because, like, when when you play a show and everyone's heard that song, that is the... have Like, I wrote that in mind for having a room full of cunts shouting back at me. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's the... It's, it's the one that is like, you know, uh, wh- when we wrote it, Joey was like, you can't call it Tottenham Court Road. You can't make it so on point because like <laughs> someone from Cardiff has never been there. And, I, and like for me, I was like, well, hey, I've never been to the East Bay, but Journey to the End of East Bay by Rance is one of my favourite songs. I've never been to any of the fucking places Bruce Springsteen or the Gaslight Anthem sing about, but i fucking love them bands and they're like that's the geography of like and they're places i want to go agnostic front with lower east side and all and all of that like i i want to write a song that fully cements like i name drop like some of my favorite like london bands in that i talk about two of my favorite venues that is like so that i think that's as close as i'll ever get to writing a uh, uh like a Bruce Springsteen or a, a rancid kind of song storytelling wise so and and yeah like I said when that song when when that hits in a room full of people that know it and it fucking smacks your back there is that point where like I always turn around to the band and I'm just fucking smiling and just being like this, how yeah. fucking cool is this yeah so def- definitely yeah Tottenham Court Road I think
0: perfect brilliant well Charlie as I say thank you very much for your time um Super states uh, here that we're gonna be hearing new music from you guys a lot yeah. sooner rather than later. So the, yeah. well,
1: this is it. So I've actually uh i, I discussed it with the band. We're gonna uh, the the new EP uh, 28th of January and it's called Yesterday's Heroes, Tomorrow's Snide. And uh don't know who's putting it out yet, maybe us again. So there you go. Hey, e- and I'm, going to, really I'm appreciate just it. gonna take a little photo because I like keeping it lovely, I like keeping a diary of all things <laughs> cover related.
0: So
1: thank again, you man really appreciate time, It's an honour to care. be on man Thank you very much See you
0: soon mate. Bye So there we have it folks Again a massive thank you for Charlie For taking some time out of his evening To have a little chat with me uh, As always you can keep up to date With what Clubber are doing And as Charlie was kind enough To, to share at the end There will be new music coming At the beginning of next year um so keep an eye out for that and yeah like honestly clobber one of the most exciting bands to kind of be around uk punk and hardcore at the moment they give really cool live show their music is really really passionate and they're just a fun band to listen to so if you haven't gone haven't haven't yeah haven't checked them out yet then go check out clobber um but yeah that is it for another week Again, we're going to be joined by another awesome uh, member of the UK hardcore scene for next week, so please check back. But as always, whether this is the first time you're listening to the Justin Insight Podcast or your two hundred and twenty fifth time guy, nearly got the episode wrong, then I really, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you checking out what we do. Please come back. Oh, that sounded a bit desperate, but yeah, I hope you do come back and listen to f- future episodes. But thank you for stopping by the Justin Insight Podcast